dare great things for Christ. Christ calls us to dare great things. In the marketplace, as well as in the mission field, there has never been a time like the present for the spirit of the Catholic entrepreneur. Now is the time for men and women of great courage and great vision to engage our church and our culture. Now is the time to dare great things. And here is your host as we dare great things, Father Nathan Cromley, the president and founder of the St. John Institute. All of us are engaged in business. What difference does faith make? How is it that my faith in Jesus Christ and his teachings will really impact my life as a professional in this world? Do the two intersect? Pope Francis thinks that they do. I'd like to look at the difference that it makes for someone to know Jesus Christ from the heart. Hi, everybody. Let's go ahead and begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Come, O Holy Spirit, Father of the poor, illumine the hearts of thy faithful, and enkindle in them the fire of thy love. Send forth thy Spirit, and they shall be created, and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who didst instruct the hearts of thy faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, Grant us in the same spirit to be truly wise and ever to rejoice in his consolation through the same Christ, our Lord. Amen. St. John, pray for us. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I think that uh, one of the most important shaping factors for a Catholic leader who engages with his faith in our world today is the question of heart. In other words, it's not just a question of skills and it's not just a question of know-how. It's not a question of luck or market conditions that makes someone successful. The number one deciding factor of whether or not you will succeed at what you have to do is actually grit. It's actually not where you went to school, not how much you know. It's the heart that you take into it. I remember Franklin Roosevelt who said, it's not the size of the dog in the fight that matters. It's the size of the fight in the dog. It's like, in other words, if you have a spirit within you, yes, you do need good market conditions, of course. Yes, you do need... X, Y, and Z, different factors that are very helpful to us, knowledge, know-how, staffing, funding, etc. But if you had all those things and you didn't have grit, you would still fail. Why? Because even if on the outside, at the best, you might have something that works, it would not be its optimal, it would not be at its best, and the process that you engage in as an entrepreneur or as a business leader it wouldn't affect you to the degree that you want it to. Our work is not supposed to just be about getting things done, people. Our work is also supposed to be about shaping ourselves. Through my shaping of the world, I am shaped myself. This is the real genius of the Catholic vision for work. 
It's, it's that the work is a gift that God gives me by which I myself am made better. But to do that, I need to engage in that work from the inside. And there's a lot of forces around us that keep us from that. You don't like the work. The work is hard. The pay is no good. The people around us are no good. I mean, there's a, a lot of different things. But fundamentally, if I could take and change the spirit inside of me, change the mindset that I take into my daily work, I could allow it to actually influence me and shape me from the inside. And maybe this is exactly what it's all about. Maybe my job is actually waiting for me, waiting for me to show up and to take it for everything that it can give me in terms of transformation. You see, the, the, difference, is not that, the difference is that we don't wait for the outside to change in order for our inside to grow. We begin with the inside and we take it to the outside. This, this is the spirit. This is why I say that grit is the number one determining factor for your success. It's how bad do you want it, right? And of course, I'm not just meaning monetary success, although I do mean that. But the monetary success is oftentimes just a sign. I love, for example, to look at marathon runners. When you re really get a good marathon runner, they're running more than a marathon every week just to train for the marathon. You know, I, I mean, they'll go running in the morning. They'll go running in the evening every single day. They'll take fast days. They'll take slow days. And when they finish a marathon, they can keep on running just to cool down. I mean, if I ever finished a marathon, you'd have to pick me up, you know, laying on the ground heaving. And yet when you see these runners, they could keep on running. And some of them actually do that. You, you look at some of the triathletes, you know, this amazing feat where you swim for three miles and then run, you know, a half a marathon or run a full marathon and you bite, you know. And, and after the end of it, they're not always collapsed. They, they look around and they say, okay, how did I do this time? How am I going to do better next time? A real champion does not exhaust all of their energies in the singular effort to which they apply themselves. A real champion does it as a profession. Their success is an effect of a spirit inside of them that's deeper than that success and that drives them towards that success. A, a real champion can do the championship performance again and again and again and again. It's what the Greeks called the, the habitus. The habitus, they actually have the, the, the habit, so to speak, of winning. And you, the, then when you actually win, it's just, it's almost like a smile. Of course you're going to win and you can't wait to do it again because you're not doing it for the trophy. The trophy is just a sign of an activity that you have integrated into your very fiber of your being. Wouldn't it be great to have that, that same spirit inside of you that, that would say that, yes, succeeding at my relationships with my children, it's not something that I have to fight for every single day. It's something that I do because I've chosen to become a father. My fatherhood is not an effort that depletes me of all my resources. It was at the beginning, but now it's not. Now it's a simple byproduct of a choice that I made long ago. And it says that my wife and my children come first. My identity, in other words, determines my action and not vice versa. 
That's when you know that you're really a master. And that's also when you know that success is part of your future because you're not waiting for anyone to bestow it upon you. There is no great crowning moment, no trophy of victory that everyone hands you and then applauds. Your victory is in what you actually do. This is why I go back to this again. The determining factor for success in our lives, it doesn't come from the outside. It comes from the inside. It comes from the grit that we carry into the activity. And this is where religion gives us a distinct advantage. It gives us a perspective and a, an approach that is actually more raw and more powerful than what we receive from the traditional sources in our, in our secular culture. This is why we need to know Christ from the inside. And lo and behold, this is exactly what Pope Francis tells us, is the determining factor of a successful evangelizer. A missionary today, he says, has to be one who has had a personal encounter with the saving love of Jesus. Why? Because if you can encounter Christ from the inside, then you'll let loose a torrent of activities, a life that will flow towards the outside from a heart that's true. And that's exactly what's at the heart of our success in every aspect of our life. Christ can make the difference. Father Nathan is producing an ongoing source of videos to form, unite, and inspire you and your family. Go to eagleeyeministries.org. That's E-A-G-L-E-E-Y-E ministries.org and subscribe to Eagle Eye Pro. Subscribe today. So for Pope Francis in Evangelii Gaudium, he talks about five characteristics that describe a, a missionary disciple for today's world. He, he, he wants to kind of like derive at the end of this long apostolic exhortation that he writes about all kinds of things around evangelization, he wants to derive the spirituality of the evangelizer. And I think that this section is just pure brilliance because it gives us in a distilled form the qualities that describe an effective missionary disciple today. And what I think is amazing is that they're the same qualities that describe an effective Christian who's engaged professionally. The Catholic entrepreneur, the Catholic solopreneur, the Catholic business leader, the Catholic executive, they, they all have something in common with the Catholic evangelizer. The first is that there's a balance between work and prayer. That's the very first thing that the Pope underscores. He says that if your prayer life dominates everything and excludes action, it will go to rot. It's a good thing, but it can't be sustained unless it flows out in service. And in the same way, a service that is not nourished by prayer will very quickly lead us to burnout. It will lose the deep purpose of what we're all about. So the balance between work and prayer is the first sign of a successful evangelizer and I said, it's the very first sign of a successful business leader too, right? How many of you could go to work every single day if you didn't have deep inside the purpose for your job? 
Isn't, it, isn't this what a good leader will do in the workplace? He'll so imbue his employees with a sense of purpose that they attack their job. They create a culture that's positive and life-giving towards what they're doing, and they learn to love what they do. Purpose drives us, right? Well, that deep purpose, of course, is fed by prayer. And the more that we pray, the more that we realize that my, my engagement in the leadership role that I take in transforming this world through my business, this is actually a, a mission that God has entrusted to me in order to make the world better through it, okay? And in the same way, that prayer, that, that work that I engage in will drive me back to my knees and feed my prayer with the realism of this, the cross, the suffering, the risks, the anxieties, and the joys and successes of this world. I connect the real world with the faith world so that my faith becomes real and my real becomes holy. The second thing that the Pope underscores for us is he says a missionary disciple today needs to be someone who encounters Jesus Christ directly. He says, the primary reason, this is paragraph 264, the primary reason for evangelizing is the love of Jesus which we have received. The experience of salvation which urges us to ever greater love of him. Right? So he this encounter with Christ, it's so amazing because it's almost like the Pope is talking about the mystical life. You know, he, he says, you know, the best incentive for sharing the gospel comes from contemplating it with love, lingering over its pages and reading it with the heart. If we approach it in this way, its beauty will amaze and constantly excite us. And if this has come about, we need to recover our contemplative spirit, he says. You see, like, this is something I want to challenge you with because a lot of our Christianity today is bereft of a spirit of, of contemplation. We, we don't really engage in this mystical walk that says, I am a friend with the Son of God. I mean, sometimes I like to joke with married couples, right, and say, imagine if you turn to your spouse and said, do you realize that you're married to, the son, uh, to a Son of God? You know, well, how would she behave if she knew that her husband was a Son of God, you know? I think she'd be pretty proud of him, right? And how would he behave if he knew that he'd married a daughter of the king? I mean, we would treat each other with so much more respect. Our, our life would become so much more life-giving and open, right? There'd be like this freshness, a lightness to our spirits. Because as everything the world throws at us comes our way, we remember that he is with us and would never leave us. There's almost like a, a taste, a glimmer of heaven that would be in our hearts if we really had that perspective. Well, I'd like to challenge us a little bit to gain that perspective. Why? Because we know that as a Christian, our first prerogative is not that we get to work every day. Our first blessing, our first prerogative as a Christian is that we get to be with Jesus Christ in the Holy Spirit turn towards the Father. I, I know that for a lot of us, this sounds like mystical talk because you might not feel it, but faith is not about feelings. Don't wait to feel it, okay? You don't have to wait to feel it. Faith is knocking at the door of your heart, 
above and beyond any kind of experience that you could have. It's, it's not about an experience. It's about an acknowledgement of truth. And, and the role of the evangelizer is to awaken someone to that acknowledgement, to bring them from the, a, a lifestyle where we actually think that we go to work and then we go home and then we eat, then we go to bed, then we go to church on Sunday. Maybe we say a prayer when someone dies, but we don't really walk with Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, the reason this is linked is that the deeper your sense of Jesus, the grittier you will be about your job. You will be more, not only more gritty about it, or grittier, if that's a word, but you'll also be more steadfast in accomplishing it. Christ does not remove us from this world. He plunges us into it. Christ does not take us away from the tasks at hand. He sends us towards them. Our crisis today in our culture does not come from people who are, who are full of bad ideas. It comes from the silence of those who know the truth. And, and the stillness of those who otherwise could be doing something great. Remember the quote from Edmund Burke, right? All that's necessary for evil to triumph in the world is for good men to do nothing. Right? And, and it's true. Wherever there is darkness, the darkness only fills the room where light has gone out. Silence can only dominate a world when the word is no longer spoken. Weakness can only attack the body when health has vanished. But in the presence of health, there is no illness. In the, in the presence of a word, there is no silence. In the presence of light, there is no darkness. And when we look around at our families and our situations, we're tempted to, to blame everybody. And I'd just like to say, fill that darkness with the light of God. You need to speak his word in season and out of season to fill the void where there is no love with love. Remember that great line from St. John of the Cross, where there is no God, put God, and there will be God. Where there is no love, put love, and there will be love. It's a question of leadership that comes from the inside, and that leadership is stoked it's filled, it's strengthened, it's ignited by knowledge that we have of Jesus. Love for him that pushes us forward like St. Paul. Caritas Christi Urgitas. The, the charity of Christ impels us. It drives us forward. And it drives us forward onto our knees in front of the Blessed Sacrament. And it drives us forward to our workbenches and to our jobs to make this world the better place we're called to make it. Father Nathan has founded the St. John Institute, the MBA program that develops students into the leaders of tomorrow by giving them a missionary's heart and an entrepreneur's mind. Visit our website at stjohninstitute.org. Dare great things for Christ. Here's what, here's what the Pope says, right? In, in, in paragraph 265, he goes on to talk about just how Jesus, his whole life, his actions, his integrity, his simple daily acts of generosity, his complete self-giving is precious and reveals to us the mystery of his divine life. And, and whenever we encounter this anew, we become convinced that it is exact, exactly what others need. When you encounter Jesus, you become convinced of the importance of what you're trying to do. Don't lose the perspective. 
in, in front of the challenges that face you to defend your children from evil, to bring your family culture into a life-giving position, into making your business a success it needs to be. Don't forget the deeper perspective. You're not just doing this for you. You're not just doing this for them. You're doing this for God. You are a warrior for God. And that perspective is fed by the, the knowledge that all that you do, you do for him out of love and that he's waiting for that act of love. I, I, I'm thinking of some of the entrepreneurs that I've met in my life who are full of battle scars, full of, of hitting and battering through the waves that come their way and who continue to fight I think about those men and women who, who carry the torch forward for us in unknown hidden ways, places that never see the news, that don't have a Twitter account, and yet in the daily slog of life have, have contributed such a spirit that their grit is in a sense the wheels that have made our society turn. Our cities weren't built by politicians. They were built by bricklayers. Let's not forget it. <laughs> the politicians might be steering it, but holy cow, there's a lot more to this world than the ability to steer it. There's the ability to build it. And that building takes a different quality. There's the unsung hero of the common person. That unsung hero of the mom, the dad, who stay faithful to their marriage vows. The children who love each other and forgive their parents. The, the sick who pick it up and shine the light of Christ anyway. You know, it, there, there are so many stories that we as priests encounter that just so inspire us with hope. People with ter terminal ill, terminally ill, stage four cancer, who radiate peace and joy to all those around them. Where does it come from? Where, what is the secret to grit? If you could give me the secret to grit, you could give me the secret to success. If you have grit in your life, if you got this, this heart that you take into everything that you do, that everything that you do will be filled with humanity and filled with a spirit of triumph. Everything you do will be victorious at one level or another. And I would even say at the deepest of level first and then hopefully throughout but at the deepest of level, it will be victorious because it will be a combat that you have waged. What's the mystery of that victory? It's heart. And what's the mystery of heart? The Pope is telling us it's the knowledge of Jesus Christ from the inside. Do you know Jesus? He says in paragraph 266, this conviction has to be sustained by our constantly renewed experience of savoring Christ's friendship and his message. It is impossible to persevere in a fervent evangelization unless we are convinced from personal experience that it is not the same thing to have known Jesus and to not have known him. Not the same thing to walk with him and to walk blindly. Not the same thing as to hear his word and not know it. And not the same thing to contemplate him, to worship him, to find our peace in him, and not to. Has Jesus made a difference in your life? If he hasn't, I want to invite you to let him. How? Here's how you do it. 
you close your eyes and you acknowledge in your heart that he is the Son of God sent by the Father to save you. Lord Jesus Christ, I am a sinner and you are my Savior. I let go of all of my walls and all my protection, Jesus, and I ask you to come in. All of my despair, my doubt, my worry, my anxiety. Jesus, come and be my master. I yield to you. And if you say that from the heart, that, that kind of prayer, it's not a question of will he come in and will you feel anything. It's a question of you will have in fact let it go into his hands. You will have in fact invited him in. To, to be the success that we need in our world today, we need that grit that comes from saying, I am living in the truth. Everything that I do is for God. Everything that I do is for Christ, not just in words, but in the heart. And if I'm graced with an experience of just how wonderful and how beautiful that can be, well, that might be something, but my experience is always less than my decision. I want to invite you today to make that decision. Why are you putting off your relationship with God? If you know where he is found and you know his presence in the Eucharist, then why aren't you there? What are you waiting for exactly, you know? I think a lot of people, you kind of, they're waiting for some sort of lightning clap or a voice to come out of somewhere, you know? But his voice is coming right now out of your your radio, your voice is coming out of your cell phone. It's the voice of Jesus saying, let me in now. You know, G.K. Chesterton had that great quote. He said, anything that's worth being done is, is worth being done poorly. <laughs> well, I kind of wonder sometimes we don't have such a level of perfection about our knowledge of Christ and what we think it ought to be. We've kind of made Padre Pio or Mother Teresa the, the only people who know Jesus Christ when actually he comes in a very humble way riding on a donkey, knocking on the door of your heart, let me in. My friends, letting in Jesus is letting in a love that perseveres. It's letting in a love that forgives. It's letting in a love that does not triumph, stop with evil, but that rejoices in the good. It's letting in a love that has moved St. Paul. It's letting in a love that has founded cities. It's letting in a love that has created saints. It's letting in the love that Jesus Christ will be with you in all that you do. Your business will not suffer from your religion. It will benefit from it because you will wake up to that great calling that he has for you. Come and follow me and I'll make you a fisher of men. Dare great things for Christ. Share your feedback with Father Nathan. Send us an email at info at stjohninstitute.org. That's info at stjohninstitute.org. And don't forget to subscribe to premium video content to form, unite, and inspire you at Eagle Eye Pro on our website, eagleeyeministries.org. That's eagleeyeministries.org.